Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. This is the Red Sox Precap with your hosts, Keaton DeRocher and Shelley Verstraight. Part of the Over the Monster Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Red Sox Precap Podcast, your podcast from the Over the Monster Podcast Network where we recap the series that just ended, preview the series that's about to start for your Boston Red Sox. Red Sox, get a sweep of Baltimore, Shelley. Nothing like a nice little three-game set against Baltimore to cleanse the ballot, huh? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we really needed it um, because, you know, we're in a big-time fight, I guess, with the Blue Jays now. Um, I don't really want to, you know, bury the Yankees right now, but they're not, they're not playing well. But, yeah, it's yeah, we really need this all the games against Baltimore right now. Yeah, the Red Sox have really hung around. Uh, this wild card fight through was it eleven game win streak for the Yankees, and then uh, Toronto was on a nine game win streak, and through it all, and thanks to some well timed series against poor opponents, the Red Sox have stuck with it. We will get to that later. But so first game against Baltimore, we have Chris Sale first Keegan Nakin Sale making his return after. Uh, positive COVID tests and a stint on the COVID IL. He went five innings, only one strikeout. And he said after the outing that he just didn't have a feel for his fastball and been leaning on his secondary offerings. What was your thoughts on sales performance here? Um, I thought it was 
I thought it was okay. I mean, obviously, uh, one strikeout from Chris Sale um, is not what you expect to see. But, I mean, when I was watching this start, he, I, you know, you could tell that it just, that fastball, he just, like, wasn't really going to it. So I was like, man, I, I wonder if he just doesn't have a feel for that thing, especially coming off kind of like at a really extended kind of uh, break because of that positive COVID test. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then after the game, he was like, yeah, I didn't have it. So... Um, it's kind of surprising that even though he did go to his secondaries, you know, he only got one strikeout. I mean, we all know that that slider is just straight up legit uh, amazing. So seeing him only get that one strikeout, you know, not the uh, very surprising, but hey, he, he made it through five. Um, I'm okay with it. Yeah, it's like just kind of a testament to how good he is that when he doesn't have his best stuff and only gets one strikeout that he's still a very effective pitcher and can yeah. get the job done. Um, also helped the opponent probably. Uh, uh, yes. Following sale, Whitlock, Sawamura, Barnes, and Perez had the next four innings. Only gave up two hits. Hunter Renfro had himself a night. He had a three-run double in the fifth to really put the game out of reach for the Red Sox. Dahlbuck also had another bomb. And just like that, Boston Red Sox get a win, 7-1 to one in Game 1. Game 2, Nick Pavetta versus Zach Lothar. Uh, after a pretty good outing against the White Sox, Pavetta really struggled in this one. He couldn't get out of the fourth before giving up seven hits and three earned runs. Tanner Houck saved the day, though, as he threw two and, a, two and two-thirds. Only gave up one hit, three strikeouts. This was probably the best role for remainder of the season. He looked very sharp. But first, let's talk about Pavetta. What are your thoughts on Pavetta's outing? Ugh, it was it was really just uh, bad to listen to uh, because I am blacked out, so I can't watch any of the Baltimore <laughs> games. So I was listening to this as I was baking this weekend, and I put a lot of uh, a lot of maybe uh, not good words out into the kitchen <laughs> that I was at because I'm just like, come on, man! I'm like, you you looked pretty good against the White Sox, right? And then you get you sh- this was should have been like a nice little softball. Uh, for you, Pavetta, against the against Baltimore, and you couldn't even you couldn't even uh, you couldn't just it was just bad. Um, so while I didn't really get to see him, I I did hear um, about his bad outing, and I was not pleased. Yeah, watching it wasn't much better. It was not <laughs> not his best. Uh, did get three strikeouts, one walk, uh, the three runs, like we mentioned. Darwins and Hernandez came in and finished off the fourth. Hauk, as we mentioned, two and two-thirds. He got his first win of the season. What were your thoughts on Hauk, and uh, what are you expecting from him in this bullpen role here the rest of the way? Um, This is, like, this is, like, the perfect kind of, uh, uh, kind of role for him right because you know we all know that he really can't get past like the third time through the lineup and if he is going to be basically kind of like the piggyback guy or the guy who comes in after Pavetta poo-poos the bed I'm totally fine with that because he could definitely go to two uh, two and two-thirds innings get plenty of strikeouts limit walks limit hits because of that massive fastball and a definitely that lethal slider that he has so this is like the perfect role for him um so yeah seeing him just thrive um and you know on that game on saturday um i loved it yeah it was devastating against righties uh and looked real sharp 
in this outing, and it kind of gives you a little bit of excitement of having him and Whitlock uh, occupying basically the same role with the same tremendous effectiveness is going to be a massive weapon in the playoffs that they're going to need to rely heavily on. Um, mm-hmm. And just the bullpen in general looking real sharp again, which it is going to need to. So after how Consul Robles went an inning with two strikeouts, Garrett Richards finished it off with a walk and two strikeouts. The bullpen total combined four, five, and two-thirds, and only two hits, no runs. And quick math, seven, eight strikeouts. Very solid outing from the bullpen. And just like that, all that adds up to a 9-3 win. Red Sox take game two. Then today, in game three, Nathan Evaldi versus Alexander Wells. Evaldi had an okay outing, was able to get through five innings, eight strikeouts, one walk, but did kind of get hit a bit here. Seven hits, three earned runs. Got a bit interesting after that. Garrett Whitlock and Saramura each gave up a hit. Saramura had two walks and then gave up a two-run double in the seventh. Uh, however, game was saved. Uh, Hunter Renfro again coming up big with a double to put the Sox in the lead for good. Hernandez, Renfro, Devers all had multi-hit games. I forgot to actually do that roundup previously. Uh, in game two, Bogarts had a massive three-run home run. And the game was tied. That put the game out of reach. Uh, Devers, Hernandez, and Dahlbuck also had multi-hit games. Back to game three. Flash forward. Uh, Hunter Renfro killing it down the stretch. We'll get to him. But first, as always, Nathan Evaldi. What would you think of his outing today? Um, I thought it was okay. Uh, you know, he had the punch outs. Um, he had he didn't walk anybody, which is kind of his thing. He gets the strikeouts. He get he doesn't really walk to me, guys. Sometimes in games, uh, he does get hit around a bit. Uh, maybe he's filling up the zone too much. Um, but he managed to kind of skate through those seven hits. He went five innings um, and gave up three runs. That wasn't too great. Uh, the first two innings, I know that he was doing very well. Um, and then it kind of went off the end there, but I, I thought it, I thought it was okay. Um, again, you, you really kind of maybe expect more, uh, going up against Baltimore, but you know, it was okay. Yeah. I'm just glad that, I'm just glad it wasn't like against like a really, really, uh, competitive team is all I gotta say. <laughs> yeah, basically. And that's something we've seen from Evaldi this year where he is absolutely cruising through the first couple innings and then in the third or fourth tends to, to have that, that one stumble inning and then settles down. And yeah. like you pointed out, against a better team, for lack of a better word, this may have been a lot more trouble, but he was able to only allow three, get through it, hand it over to the bullpen, which uh, was a bit shaky. Um, as we mentioned, Whitlock gave up a run, Saramura gave up two. Hansel Robles looked sharp again in an inning, handing it over to Garrett Richards, who got his third save of the season. Garrett Richards <laughs> racking up the saves, just like we all thought. Uh, on the bats, we mentioned Hunter Renfro over the past couple weeks. I feel like every couple weeks we come back to, like, man, Hunter Renfro is yeah. on fire right now, and he's yeah. doing it again. And it really couldn't come at a better time for the Red Sox to lock down that, the bottom of the order. And at times, actually, he's even hit at the top here as uh, through all these COVID things here. But what are your thoughts yeah. on Hunter Renfro's run? Um, I'm loving it. Um, I mean, I know that you were a big Hunter Renfro fan, you know, back when he was back in San Diego and when he was in Tampa last year. And when he signed on, I was just like, yeah, maybe it's going to work out. I, I didn't really expect too much, but the, uh, he has exceeded my expectations. I, uh, man, he has been just money, uh, 
definitely even before the COVID thing. Uh, but he was just he was just killing it, right? And he has been just always coming up, just clutch, right? Like I just yeah, it was a great signing. I love the guy. Um, I just yeah, he's he's pretty good. He's pretty pretty good. Good. Good uh, series win here for the Red Sox. It was uh, nice to see them finish it off. The last couple times, I think the last three times against uh, Cleveland, Detroit, and then I think it was against Baltimore before that, uh, with a chance for a sweep on Sunday, drops game three, and all three of those were able to finally finish it off, get the sweep with an 8-6 win in game three. MVP of the series. I think we just talked about it. Uh, yeah. Uh, for me, it was it was Renfro. He uh, just always had. He just always came up clutch. Yeah, Renfro for me too. I'll give an honorable mention to Bogarts, who is uh, busted out of his little mini slump there after he came mm-hmm. out of the uh, the uh, COVID protocols there and had himself a nice little series. But Renfro is the guy for me as well. All right, Red Sox get the sweep. We will take a quick break. Come back and preview the series against the Mets. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. You're up to the second. Standings for Major League Baseball in the American League East. Tampa leads Boston by 6.5. They lead Toronto by 7.5. Lead New York by nine and lead Baltimore by forty-four and a half. Wild card standings: the Red Sox are in first place or in the first wild card place. Uh, Toronto is a game behind Boston. New York is a game and a half behind Toronto. The A's are two and a half behind Toronto, and Seattle is four and a half behind Toronto. The Red Sox now the hottest team in the American League East in the last ten, having won seven out of their last ten. Things looking up. Day off tomorrow, or today as you're listening to this, for the Red Sox, and then a two-game set against the Mets, where the pitching matchup is Eduardo Rodriguez versus Marcus Stroman in Game 1, Game 2, Chris Sale, and Taylor McGill. What are your thoughts on those matchups? Um, I will have to say that I am scared about that first one against the Mets. Um, Erod has either been feast or famine. Um, in that last game, it was very famine. Um... So, and while the Mets are, they do have a losing record, um, I still, I still kind of sort of fear their lineup, and I don't even know if I should at this point, I have no idea, but I'm just, I'm hoping for a good, um, Erod outing, um, because you know Strowman's gonna bring it, that dude always just comes out there to compete, so, 
Yeah, it, it's. I think that first matchup is going to be the hardest. Um, obviously, Sale. I, 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 you know, it's Sale. That's all. Yep. <laughs> yeah, this, the, that game one is going to be real tough because, yeah. as you mentioned, Erod, inconsistent. Marcus Stroman has been on fire, though, and I don't think he's given up more than two runs in an outing in over two months. Yeah. So it's going to be hard to come by runs there. Erod's going to need to be on his game. McGill's kind of been up and down. Sale should be sharp. This was a much more interesting series a month ago. As the Mets, as you mentioned, have kind of fallen flat on their face. They were leading the NL East. Uh, that is no longer the case. <laughs> and they are now on the outside looking in um, on the in the wild card race for the National League uh, behind uh, the, well, the Dodgers are ahead of everybody and St. Louis. Uh, and they've got a lot of teams to jump ahead of them if they're going to do anything. Uh, Philadelphia, San Diego, Cincinnati, all ahead of the Mets in that wild card race. So. Uh, this is an opportunity again for the Red Sox to pick up some wins. Uh, hopefully, they will do that. Yeah. Uh, Mets. I do have. I do have a question. Sure. Um, with us facing the Yankees next weekend and Chris Sale going up against the Mets on Wednesday, and Pavetta is going to be leading off on Friday. I I don't think that Pavetta can like really pitch on Wednesday. But could would you maybe? throw Pavetta for like two innings and then bring Tanner Houck in and then have Chris Sale face the Yankees instead of the Mets. Hmm. So it's interesting because when he was asked about the the way that the line, the rotation lines up right now, Cora wasn't looking at um, the specific matchups. He was actually just looking at the number of starts. He wanted Sale and Evaldi to have as many starts as possible. And okay. with the exception of today... Um, or I think starting on the beginning of the Baltimore series with Sale, uh, Sale and Evaldi each had three starts each. And so that was six starts over the last 12 games or 15 games for them, mm-hmm. which makes sense. Um, yeah. And I think you just got to get the wins where you can and have your best, your best guys fair. pitch as often as possible. So I think how it lines up makes sense. But I think um, I wouldn't. I think, yeah, making sure Sale goes against the Yankees, I think, is also tough. I wouldn't hate that, but I think where they are in the standings right now, um, because they're in the driver's seat at the moment, they can get through the Mets series and still be in the driver's seat. I think that gives them a little bit of room for error, uh, I guess, for lack of a better term, not throwing Sale against the Yankees. But I understand what Core is doing, trying to get his best guys as many starts as possible just to get to the playoffs in the first place. Yep, that's fair. That's fair. If it ends up lining up that then sales like unavailable for the wild card game, then I might have, in hindsight, be like, maybe that wasn't the best way to go. <laughs> but we'll see when we get there how everything is shaking out. Yep. Uh, Mets lineup. Jonathan Villar, Brandon Nimmo, Francisco Lindor, Pete Alonso, Michael Conforto, Javier Baez, Jeff McNeil, James McCann. That should be a much better lineup than it is, correct? <laughs> it, it really should. It really, really should. <laughs> Yeah, and the moving over the pitching, uh, Mets kind of. I feel like the pitching should be better than it is too. Like Carrasco coming back from his injuries isn't having a great transition. Taiwan Walker was doing really well in his first half, not so much anymore. Rich Hill might finally be toast. Uh, Stroman's been holding it down, but that's been pretty much the only consistent piece that they've had. But this is a tough lineup. They're just gonna where I think it'll bite Erod is. A lot of these guys are feast or famine, 
at the plate. Mm-hmm. And yep. if Erod can't keep the ball in the yard, it's going to be a bad day. So I think yeah. that's that's what you got to look for there is just as he's able to keep it in the yard. Uh, what is your prediction for the series and MVP? Um, I think we split the series. Uh, uh, like we've said multiple times, that Erod start is like really yeah, – I mean, it's scaring me. So I think we split the series. Um, and then MVP of the series, I'm going to go with Dahlbeck. He's been on a heater here for a bit, especially, you know, after – the, the trading deadline and so I guess um, since the beginning of August he's been hitting pretty well so I think that he's going to have a big series in New York I'm with you I think that's a good pick I'm going to also split but I think uh, Chris Sale has a nice bounce back after that weird outing against Baltimore I'm going to go with him for MVP nice yep all right, that's going to do it for us. Thanks for listening. We have a bunch of other great podcasts on the Over the Monster Podcast Network that you are subscribed to right now. Uh, Matt and Brian do the Over the Monster Pod. Myself and Jake do the Red Seat. Shelly and Bob talk awesome prospect news and talk for you. And uh, you can find both Shelly and myself on Twitter. You can find Shelly at ShellyV underscore 643. You can find me at Spoken Keats. That's going to do it for us. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.